Welcome into the newest episode of Side Mission. Like always, I'm your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by just one of the boys today, Kyle. And we are talking about, honestly, Kyle, I think me and you can agree with this, probably one of the weirdest games of the year, at least before Highland Life comes out, uh, Evil West. Yeah. Evil West, a game that you were really excited for, Kyle. Uh, I have to ask, because I don't even think we've talked about this, where did you first hear about Evil West? Because I never saw any marketing for it whatsoever. I actually, I was, uh, I, I was just coming across YouTube one day, looking at, uh, you know, different uh, game companies like GameSpot and IGN and all them, just looking at what they had put out recently, and I happened to come across, I believe, the second trailer that was dropped for Evil West just happened to be, you know, that week, and I was like, huh, I have, don't remember this, and I watched the trailer for it, and I saw that it was made by uh, Flying Wild Hog, who were the same people who made yes. uh, uh, the Shadow Warrior games, which I also this year got really into. Um, so that's honestly what made me uh, want to pick this game up, was because I, I really enjoy the Shadow Warrior series, and so I figured, you know, try this one out too, see how I like it. Yeah, it was very interesting because, again, I'd never heard about it. I didn't really see very much marketing behind this one. Um, And I have to say, after we've had some time to play some of the co-op, we've had some time to each play it individually, single player, uh, this is a good game. This is a really good game if you're looking just for something that's fun, not too complex, it's very linear, it's not open world, you can explore a little bit in each level, but... There's not a crazy amount of... like. There's obviously, there's not like an Elden Ring or a God of War level of exploration in this game. Uh, but this, this is a good game, Kyle. And one thing that we both remarked on is that the combat, as far as gameplay, is the real selling point here. Like, if you're going to buy this game, if you're going to spend $60 on this game, or 50 or however much it was, I think it was 60 um, If if you're going to spend that money, I feel like the combat is the main reason, because it's really, really fun. Yes, it definitely is fun. I gotta say, the the melee combat 100% is a lot of fun to chain combos with and do these over-the-top takedowns. Um, the gunplay is... It's not bad. It's, it's, um, it's pretty I, okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say that it's... It's about average, but it's, you know... Not anything to write home about, really. Uh, I, I enjoy it, though, at least, so... There is that, because it could be bad, and it's not. So, um, the melee combat, 100%. Um, the way that you go about your dodging, parrying, blocking, is very interesting. And I, I, I kind of like the way that they've done it in this game, because not only do you get the ability to, you know, block and parry, but you also get certain timing moments that either you're supposed to kick them or you're supposed to shoot them, and you can cancel them out of an attack completely, which I thought was pretty innovative. Yeah, I think that the the main thing that really drives home the gameplay for me is that I, you, I always feel like I'm getting a new ability in this game. I'm getting a new ability pretty frequently, especially early on in the game. Yes. Over the first probably three or four levels, you know, you, you really get to add a lot to your arsenal. You start with, like, you know, just basic melee, and then you get a revolver, and then you get a rifle, then you get a shotgun... I will tell you what's interesting is that the way the game is initially set up, and I know you changed it in uh, in your game, but the way it's initially set up is, you know, a shot, the shotgun or the boomstick, as they call it, is just a button press. It's just square, and it's on a, uh, or if you're on PlayStation, it's just square. 
Uh, and it's just on a countdown timer. And it's the same thing with all of the ammo. Like, you have unlimited ammo in this game, but everything's on a cooldown. And I think that that's really interesting. So the revolver, you just, you know, you press, you hold R2 or press R2 without aiming, and that's the revolver. If you aim in, you'll go automatically to your rifle. And there, there's a lot of interesting, there, there's a lot of interesting mechanics there just because you don't see that done like that in games very often, where normally it's, you know, you can pick one or two weapons to kind of roll with, or you've got a weapons wheel, and you've got limited ammo for each gun, unless you're playing Grand Theft Auto and you've got a bunch of, you know, you know, <laughs> hacks and cheats on. Uh, but this one, it's really interesting how most, if not all, of the ammo is just on a cooldown timer. And you can fire earlier than that cooldown if it's, you know, not the shotgun, if it's the rifle, if it's the revolver. You can fire earlier, but you won't have as many shots loaded into the clip. So... It, that's really right. interesting. The melee combat, though, Kyle. I feel like that is where this game gets really fun. And that's where this game, the combat, really shines. Because especially when you add the zapper, where you're able to pull enemies towards you, you're able to yes. launch yourself at enemies using it, and you're able to just, you know, chain combos together, that's where I feel like this combat really shines a lot. Oh, yeah. The zapper definitely uh, is a game changer, especially since that kind of is what gives you your uh, block and parry, but also adding that to your, you know, essentially combos, you can, you know, find different ways to tackle enemies instead of just running in and mashing buttons. You really have all these, and like you said, it feels like you're getting constantly new abilities, but you have all these different abilities and different ways to go about taking down these enemies and staying on the enemies. I really like the way that they built not just the character models but also the enemies models because it yes. looks like they used a sort of layered texture system where when you're fighting enemies and you know you're shooting them or you're punching them it actually shows like you know their armor coming off or like pieces of their flesh coming off and uh on, on a lot of the big enemies you you know could wear them down and actually just see like skeleton underneath and I thought that that was very interesting. It was it was a really cool level of detail that I think a lot of other games um, should really take note from because I think Doom was one of the first ones to do that as well. But in most games, like first-person shooters, for example, you just shoot them, and if there's no dismemberment just entirely, it's probably just going to be like a bullet hole right there. And in this game you actually see, like, chunks blown off yes. of them, and it's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the The enemy design is very interesting. Um, I do feel like we get a lot of variety of enemies, though. Yeah, and especially early on. You know, I know that a lot of reviews have said that the problems they had is that, you know, enemies that are kind of like mini-bosses early on kind of become normal enemies later on in the game. But, but to be honest, for what we've played, and we've each played quite a few hours at this point of this game, uh, I, I feel like there is a good amount of variety to where you don't just feel like you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. Another thing I want to brag on, I really like the environments in this game. I really like the levels. Yes. Because again, you're, it doesn't feel like you're playing the same levels over and over again. I mean, in, in Doom, as great as Doom Eternal was, I think that at some point it does kind of feel like you're playing the same levels over and over again. And right. I, I'll use another game that, you know, for some reason is getting praised for level design, but we th we all thought it was terrible when we reviewed it, was Scorn. You know, that yeah. game, it all kind of just bleeds together. This, it feels like every environment you're going to is kind of its own thing. 
Like, for example, the, the first big level you go to, you start in kind of this western, the small western town, and you go underground into these mines, and there's like this upside-down pyramid, and it's kind of got this Illuminati feel to it that's yeah. kind of crazy, and it just it feels like unnatural and otherworldly. And again, it's, it's a crazy switch and a crazy shift from western town to this unnatural, like, hellish-looking place that you go to for the first boss fight. So I, I, and I think that, you know, the, the manor is really, really cool when you spend time there. I think that's a really, really cool level design. I think that, you know, the area, I think Calico as the main base is really well designed. I think everything's pretty easy to get to there. And I think that they didn't really miss anything there. It feels like every level we've played so far, there's been a good amount of variety and I don't feel like you're going to get bored playing this game because of the levels looking the same. Right. That's one thing I think this game benefits from being linear and not, you know, taking part in this open world trend that we seem to be seeing a lot of lately. This game has the ability to really separate and make its different levels stand out because it's linear. They can really go all out in the design of these levels and flesh them out, detail them to make them really feel like I'm in a different chapter or a different area or different section of the game. Um, speaking of detail as well, the character models, I think, are really well detailed. Um, yes. They definitely... I, I would say that's one of the high points in the graphics of the game are the character models. Um, the physics seem to, you know, look natural. The moving parts on, say, like your outfit or your hair, it, it all flows well. It's not glitchy and, you know, flying everywhere. Um but aside from the game looking really well, the game's performance can be lacking uh, at times, which yeah. I gotta say, it's jarring when seeing, you know, such a, I would say it's a, it's a good, it's a pleasing game to look at, be, you know, it, it definitely, it gets jarring when it's choppy and the performance doesn't hold up to, I think, the graphical value. And that's the thing. I think that as we get into critiques here, the the hardest part about this, the hardest thing to get into with this game is, you know, I don't love how the co- how the co op was done. I don't love how it's only the host gets progression, and I think that the performance, especially in the co op, is really rough. Uh, there was a moment, man, you were playing just today before recording this, where you got stuck, and we were like probably twenty five minutes into this level. And we kind of just said, all right, I guess we're just going to stop there before we record because we didn't want to have to go all the way back to the last checkpoint we had. So it that's very, very disappointing. It, it seems like that also happened in another level where, you know, there's this part early on where you have to hold out for a minute and a half and you have to make it to, you know, to dawn. And you couldn't actually jump up to where all the enemies were with me. You had to, I had to wait or I had to take them all down myself while you were yeah. kind of just stuck. And it's like, on higher difficulties, I could see that being something that turns someone away from the game is when the bugs are enough to affect the gameplay and impede the gameplay, the flow of the game. I feel like that is where people can be turned away from this because this is the kind of game, it's it should be more fun with friends. You should be able to play this game with friends and have more fun, but it almost felt yeah. like co-op was more of a hindrance and it, it, I was really disappointed by that. 
Very much so. I think that one of the one of the things I think annoyed me the most with the co-op, which the game in general just doesn't really have great traversal. No. But in no. co-op, whether you know you got there first or I got there first, we had to wait until the other player was at the area that we needed to either swing across with the whip or some, you know, cave that we needed to slide into or, you know, a gap we needed to jump across or even just jump down from or even climb up. Like, it's it seemed like every single time we got to uh, another, um, like, section of the level where we had to, you know, do some sort of traversal, it was so... I'm trying to think of a good word here. Like it just it stopped so frequently. It it's was very stiff. Very, very stiff. Yes. It doesn't flow well when you're having to quite literally stop about three to four times every thirty seconds. Because there's a lot of sections where it wants you to kind of do a bit of parkour and it's it's not smooth at all. Yeah. I really wish they had either figured out a way to maybe make those sections more linear have us just walking fighting enemies rather than jumping across things or crawling through things because something that i think should look good and be a way to essentially hide loading screens tends to happen a bit too often for me to just ignore it yeah when it it really brings you out of the immersion well, here's the other thing is that it, it's the frequency of them is the real problem because there was one level, I think it's the third level in the game where we had one where, you know, it's it's clearly a loading screen and it's just, you know, you had to rope across to this side, to the side of this elevator and then I got to go after you and then immediately you turn right and there's another one as you climb up like to, an, you know, to the next level and... It's very frustrating because this was the whole point of these consoles having SSDs. This was the whole point of consoles of the Xbox Series X and S and the PS5 having SSDs was that loading times or loading screens would be put out. And I, I guess I just don't see the point in putting these weird loading screens in there because they're in there in single player as well. They're not loading screens per se, but they're moments where like everything slows down and you know the screen... The screen kind of narrows to widescreen for a second. Those black bars come down, and then it goes back up as soon as it's done. It's one of those where it's like, okay, it's definitely rendering in the next area. It's definitely loading in the right. next area. It's, for example, God of War Ragnarok, when you're looking for tier, right? Spoiler alert if, you're not, if you hadn't played that or hadn't listened to our episode. Uh, you know how, like, the doors that you're in the mines that, you know, there's a whole animation of you walking up to them and opening them, and it's like a cutscene? Yeah. That's a loading screen, basically. That's basically mm -hmm. just, it's just a quick loading screen. That's what we're talking about. So it's its very jarring when you have a bunch of those in there because this is what the upgrade in the technology for these consoles was for. Most PCs, you know, if you're playing this on PC, most PCs have SSDs in them now too. So yeah. unless this game is on the Switch, and I'm pretty sure it's not because I'm pretty sure the Switch would explode if this was on there. <laughs> um, I'm never going to miss a chance to slander Nintendo, not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but... I just don't see why those were thrown in there as frequently as they are. Because to be quite honest, it's not a graphically intense game. It's not one of those yeah. that, 
You know, if you're on PC, this is going to, you know, running this at like ultra settings is going to require some really high high caliber graphics card. It's not. You could probably get away with a very mid-end one and run it at high settings and get it and get a good frame rate out of it. So that's where that's kind of frustrating. The other thing is, and again, a game like this, you don't really kind of look for an excellent story, but it's still there. So unfortunately, we have to critique it. I gotta be honest, man. I don't really know what the story is. It's very, yeah. very vague. It's you know, you play as uh, you play as Jesse Rentier, I think his name is, and uh, mm-hmm. you you kind of just work for this organization that you know goes monster hunting. Essentially, I know they're gonna be monster hunter fans <laughs> that are like, "What the fuck?" But um, <laughs> you, you pretty much do that, and like you uncover like this this scheme by by the big villains of the game and it just it, it, it's kind of rough it's just kind of there is the most positive way i can put it it's not exactly the most compelling narrative and it doesn't help that the voice acting is kind of just eh. like if you you know as much detail as there are in the character in the character models there's not the animations are not great because there are a lot of times where lines are uttered and there's like no emotion on the character's face. And I think that that's a problem in a next-gen game. That's kind of a problem if, you know, Last of Us Part 1 showed what we can do with the technology nowadays. It showed with the right budget what you can do and how much emotion you can convey on a character's face. That's nowhere to be found on any character in this game. And the the voice acting kind of just sounds like they did it for the paycheck. And then they moved on with their lives. I mean, not every game has to have award-winning voice acting. But if, again, if it's going to be in the game, it's something we have to critique. Yeah, honestly, I didn't really find myself really caring much uh, about these characters. Yeah. And in a game, you know, like this, that's linear, that's supposed to be story-driven, um, you really want your audience to care about the characters. And the voice acting isn't bad, but it really doesn't sound like they're conveying any emotion. Um, There was one part where you are about to, you know, blow up this entire area, and your character's like, oh, we gotta get out of here, this place is gonna blow, but there was no sense of urgency. It's just like, oh, we gotta go. It's just, it's like that. There's no emotion. And the story is weird, because, like, it started out with... You know, you hunting this guy and, you know, his daughter, but they're, like, talking to these evil shadow beings who look like they're supposed to be the big bad of the game. And then you end up killing this guy, and so his daughter comes back, and she blows up your home, and she kills a bunch of people, and I guess now she's the bad guy of the game, but, like, what about the shadow people she was talking to? Because it sounded like they were quarreling, so... I I really do agree this is kind of all over the place with the story. It's not exactly the smoothest. And another thing that I think is extremely weird is you have a companion who seems to show up in every single cutscene. Yes. However, he is nowhere to be seen in the game itself. Where Except they when it's a- convenient, yeah. Yeah, they had a great opportunity to have that second character be the co-op player because then it would have made sense why he's there all the time or at least be an AI companion or something. It's very weird to go into a cutscene. I'm the only guy around, and then I go into a cutscene, and the other guy's there. It's 
Yeah. Like, wh where the hell did you come from, you know? It feels very unnatural. Again, that's it's just it's one of those things. What's immersion-breaking as well is you mention it, you know, he's not... I think his name's Edgar. He's not who you end up playing as in co-op if you're, you know, player two. So it's kind of just jarring for there to be two of the main character. And it's kind of just immersion-breaking yes. when I feel like it wouldn't have been very hard to create the assets needed to, you know, to, to make that second character playable. And again, as far as a design choice on the co-op side, not a huge fan that only the host gets progression and that essentially... Yes. Uh, co-op is a separate playthrough from your solo playthrough. It's actually completely separate. Like, you have to... If Let's say you make it through 80% of the game uh, solo. If you want to play co-op with a friend that you've not played with, you have to start over from the very, very beginning. There's no going through and picking a level. There's, there's none of that. You, you literally just have to start over. And I'm not... Again, I'm not really a fan of that. Because yeah, definitely not. It's just not. I don't think the co-op is designed all that well. Um, and again, the performance issues that persisted through the entirety of our time with it—the frame rate dips, the amount of times we would have to wait for the other person to come up so that we could progress to the next area. At a certain point, it just feels like technology wasn't really taken advantage of. Because again, why do you need kind of this many internal loading screens? if we have the technology to where loading screens are not really a problem in any other game. You don't really see this that often yeah. in any other game. I don't know. Evil West, there's a lot of things it does well. The combat's really good, and I feel like the world building and the character models, especially in solo play, it's very good. This is a yes. game, I would give this game a 7.5. I'd give it a 7.5, because it's better than a 7. It's just not quite an 8 for me, because of the issues with the multiplayer, with the story... There are just, like, it, it seems like for everything this game does well, there is a close to equal number of things that it kind of struggles with. So, if this feels like a shorter episode, it's because, to be honest, it's not really a long game. You know, when you're coming off yeah. of a game like God of War Ragnarok or any of the other games like Plague Tale or Modern Warfare 2 that we played back in October, you know, it's just kind of hard, or even Pokemon even, it's, it's kind of hard to get invested in a game that is also just, I think most people have clocked in their playthroughs at around 10 to 12 hours. So it's just right. kind of hard to get a very long episode out of a game that's very linear, doesn't have that many complexities to it, um, but it's a good game as a whole. I think we can say we really enjoyed this. I think that there's equal parts criticism as there is congratulations because they do a lot of yes. things really well. There are some things that could have done, been done better, and if we see another game... After this one, maybe that stuff will be improved. So that's all we can hope for. So all that being said, that is going to wrap up this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Side Mission Pod. You can follow us on Facebook and TikTok at Side Mission Podcast as well. For Kyle, I'm Rusty. Thanks for listening.